0: We're looking at Samson. Samson, I believe, has a couple more lessons to teach us tonight. I think it's uh, great that God uses people that are not perfect because I'm not perfect. If perfection was the requirement uh, to be able to be used by God, then our Bible would be a whole lot smaller. There'd be a lot less people in there, uh, a lot less people being used by God. Uh, and, and I wouldn't be up here today. So uh, I, I'm thankful that perfection isn't the requirement. Uh, now, this doesn't mean that we can do whatever we want, whenever we want, and God still has to use us. Uh, we will see tonight that God may not be able to use us to fulfill his complete will for us if we don't obey him and obey his word and obey his will. Uh, we will also see that our decisions matter, not just to us. Uh, and our lives, but also it matters to the ones that are around us. So let's pick up uh, the life of Samson here in Judges chapter 16, and we're going to start in verse one. Judges 16, verse one. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there in Harla and went in unto her, and it was told the Gazites, saying, Samson is come hither, and they compassed him in. And laid wait for him all night in the gate of the city, and were quiet all the night, saying, In the morning, when it is day, we shall kill him. And Samson lay till midnight, and arose at midnight, and took the doors of the gate of the city, and the two posts, and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders, and carried them up to the top of the hill that is before Hebron. And it came to pass, Afterward, that he loved a woman in the valley of Soric, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came upon, up to, uh, unto her, and said unto her, Entice him, and see wherein his great strength lieth, and by what means we may prevail against him, that we may bind him to afflict him, and we will give thee every one of us eleven hundred pieces of silver. And Delilah said, To Samson, tell me, I pray thee, wherein thy great strength lieth, and wherewith thou mightest be bound to afflict thee. Now go ahead and skip down to verse 19. And she made him sleep upon her knees, and she called for a man, and she caused him to shave off the seven locks of his head. And she began to afflict him, and his strength went from him. And she said, The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times before and shake myself. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. But the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with fetters of brass. And he did grind in the prison house. So we see here uh, that Samson, he's in some bad situations here, two different situations here, and, and they're not good. And, and the first thing we, that I see here is that Samson's situations were self-inflicted. Uh, In this chapter, we see two different uh, situations that Samson is in, and he is surrounded by uh, first by the men of Gaza that want to capture him and and probably want to kill him eventually. And then we see him in a situation where he's being tricked by a woman that he loves and then captured and tortured and bound up. Uh, These are very terrible situations to be in. Uh, But Samson pretty much did this to himself. Uh, He was in my opinion, a very terrible decision maker. There are, I think, a few reasons why Samson was not good at making decisions. Uh, The biggest reason, I think, is because he listened to his heart. He followed the advice of what the world says, and we hear it all the time, the world says, follow your heart. Uh, He followed his heart when he wanted to impress those 30 men. He wanted to be impressive uh, there at his wedding there uh, in front of those men. He followed his heart. When he wanted to marry that first woman, he followed his heart when uh, he went uh, was in Gaza there. He followed his heart again when he decided to be with Delilah. Uh, the world says to follow your heart. And uh, to give you an example of how much the world pushes this idea uh, to follow your heart, I did a little bit of research and I found that there are just over 7,900 songs with the exact phrase Follow your heart in the lyrics somewhere. And then if you broaden that search to include variations of the phrase, there are just over seven hundred thousand songs with the idea of following your heart. That's what the world says to do. The world says to follow your heart. But God says in Proverbs twenty eight twenty six, he that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely he shall be delivered. Why is it foolish to follow your heart? The answer is in Matthew fifteen nineteen. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. This is what our hearts are capable of if they're left on their own, if they're allowed to lead. These are what the heart defaults to. Uh, our heart is part of the flesh, the flesh that we battle every single day. And if we let our flesh and our hearts be the leaders, then these are the kind of things that we will find our hearts and our flesh aiming for. You might think, well, I would never do those things. Those are pretty serious. I'd never do those things. Uh, well, I would hope that you probably would never commit murder or adultery or blaspheme. Uh, and I think it's easy to say we're not going to do these big, horrible, terrible things, right? Well, what about the the little things? What about a little white lie? I mean, that's that's... Not good. That's sin, just like the rest of them. Uh, What about theft? You might be thinking, well, I'd never go rob a bank, right? I'd never steal from a store. Uh, What about stealing time from work? Uh, People do that all the time. You know, you clock out and stay on break for another ten minutes. You know, that kind of thing. What about stealing time from God? Uh, We steal time from God all the time. Uh, God deserves uh, a lot of our time at least a certain portion of our time and there are probably days go by where we don't really hardly give god anything uh, that's stealing time from god uh, how about stealing from god uh, with our tithe uh, we know we don't preach about tithing a whole lot here uh, but we know that we are required to give god a tithe and then when we don't that is stealing what about other things uh, that we do what about evil thoughts uh, now, I'm not saying that you or I are evil, uh, but sometimes we might have thoughts that are somewhat evil, or at least evil in, in their base, and, and things like being jealous or holding on to a grudge. Uh, maybe we think uh, things like, oh, I wish, uh, you know, that evil person over there would just die, you know. Like, we have these thoughts, and, and we think because those people are so horrible, or they've done so many bad things that it's okay to think these evil things, but it's really not in the end. Uh we need to be careful not to think that we're above the idea of following our hearts. Just because we claim that we're a Christian uh, does not keep us from following our heart uh, in those areas. We have to actively choose not to do that. Uh, we know what the world says about following our heart, and we know that God wants us not to follow our hearts. Uh so what are we supposed to follow then? Proverbs three, five and seven, very familiar verses. Uh, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. We're supposed to trust the Lord with our heart. uh, And lean not onto our own understanding. We shouldn't uh, be looking on ourselves and and what we want to do. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Uh, So don't follow our hearts. Follow God. Uh, The next verse says, Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. Uh, We need to follow the Lord. We need to give our hearts to God, and not follow our own thoughts and our own wisdom and our own heart's desires. Uh, we need to follow the path that God is guiding us on. Uh, Romans 15:4. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. We need to look to the Scriptures. Uh, Psalms one hundred nineteen one hundred five, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We are to follow the Word of God. That's what we should follow. We should not be following our hearts. We should be following the Word of God. Uh, that is why God gave us the Bible. It, it is our guide. It's, it's to guide us on our path. Our daily walk should be following His Word. Uh, we are also uh, to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Romans eight fourteen. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Uh, if you are a child of God, then you should be following the Holy Spirit and not your own heart. Samson is an example to us. He followed his own heart many times, and every time that he did, it led him into a terrible situation. I think that 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 is the biggest reason why uh, Samson made these bad decisions and and these situations were self-inflicted. But I also think that there was a little bit of pride in those decisions. Samson wasn't good at being humble. He wasn't humble when he was with those 30 men at his wedding there. He wasn't humble when he was bragging about killing all those people. He wasn't humble when he listened to himself and his own wisdom, his own understanding, and rejected the advice of his parents. Uh, he just wasn't a very humble guy. Uh, he probably thought that he could do anything and everything he wanted uh, all on his own without help. And it's not till the end of his life that he actually stops Uh, to talk to God and ask God for help. Uh, Samson's situations were self-inflicted. We can be just like Samson sometimes. Uh, We can cause our own bad situations. Now, sometimes it will be things that are out of our control, uh, but sometimes it will be things that we caused ourselves. We need to make sure that we are not making life tougher than it needs to be. I mean, it's tough enough already, right? Uh, I, I worked... Uh, in property maintenance for a while. And uh, I seen a few guys kind of come through uh, along the way, and most of them said they could do a whole bunch of things they couldn't do. I remember this one guy, he stuck around for a while. It really surprised me. Uh, I didn't think he'd stay very long. Uh, but, he, you know, he came, and uh, we painted a lot of places along the way there. Uh, I worked there for like three years, and I don't even know, uh, probably over 50 places we painted in those years. And, uh, so painting is, is, uh, important, makes the place look good. And you can spend a hundred hours painting perfectly, painting every wall in an apartment, uh, but if your prep work wasn't done well, it's not gonna look good. No, It don't matter how long you spend on painting, the prep work is important. Uh, so uh, what we would do is we'd go in there, and, and we always painted the woodwork white, and the walls were like this sh- weird shade of off-white mixed with like yellow. And uh, so it was always the same every apartment. And uh, we'd go in there, and so because we painted the trim, we would go, and we'd have to caulk all the cracks around all the trim, and fill all the, patch all the holes in the wall, and all the nail holes, and, uh, sometimes we'd count the nail holes. There'd be like 100 nail holes in this apartment and stuff, you know, because people just hung stuff everywhere. And uh, so and we'd go in and do that. And, uh, you know, caulking is very important. It's going to really determine how it looks in the end. And so uh, to do it right, you get a nice good uh, uh, new tube of caulking. And you gotta cut the end, so it's small but not too small, you know? And you gotta cut it on an angle, and then if you're, if you're really good, you cut the angle, cause you know, if you cut it on an angle, it leaves a tip. So you cut that flat, so that when you tip it, tip your gun, you're not dragging it all back out. Uh, so there's a very specific way you do it, and then we have this rag, and we get our hand wet, and we do a nice smooth line. Uh, so we do that, and then it makes painting so much easier, cause now, now there's not this bumpy crack to go around when we're painting, right? Uh, so, this guy that you know said he could do all these things, uh, he, we give him a caulk gun, and he goes over there and he just lops off the big old end of it, and it's like this big round opening at the end, and he's just glopping it all on there, and his he had more on his hands than anything. Uh, he, his rag was like three rooms over, and uh, he had it on the carpet. It was just, it was terrible. And, and then he goes, you know, we, we try to do our finger across it so it looks real nice, uh, nice curve to it. And he goes, and he has so much on there. It's like a big mountain of stuff. And he's just pushing so hard. It's making like this ridge, you know. And it just, it was terrible. And it made uh, the next step so much harder. We couldn't even paint over it. It would have just looked terrible. So we had to make the guy go with a putty knife and go scrape it all back out. And then we had to go and do it because we didn't trust him to do it no more. So well, then we had to go and do it. Uh, so uh, all of that, he you know, he made it so much harder than it needed to be. If he would have just made good decisions, we we told him, hey, cut it you know, little on the end. Don't put too much. Go slow and even. We told him all these things. Uh, So he knew it. Uh, He just chose not to do it that way. And he just made it so much harder. Uh, I encourage you to make sure that you're not making life harder than it needs to be. Uh, Make sure you're doing things properly so that God can help you and bless you along the way. Uh, We need to make sure that we're following the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Uh, if we do that, then our life won't be any harder than it has to be. Now, uh, it probably won't be perfect. Uh, I wish that was the case. I wish if we just you know, read the Bible every day, prayed in the morning, and life would be perfect, right? Uh, it won't be perfect because we just don't live in a perfect world. Uh, but life is so much better when you're in God's will than when you're out of God's will. Uh, so let's try not to make life harder than it has to be. Uh, I want to point out that even though Samson was in some terrible situations, though, and even though they were self-induced to some point, God didn't leave Samson. Uh, God was even still able to use Samson afterwards. Uh, go ahead and look at Judges chapter 13. Flip over a couple of pages. Judges 13, starting in verse 24. And the woman bare a son and called his name Samson. And the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him. So God was with Samson from the very beginning. And God gave Samson his strength. And God could have taken it away uh, whenever God really wanted to, but God didn't. Uh, God still had plans for Samson God still wanted to use Samson. Samson made some terrible decisions. Samson committed some sins along the way. But God wasn't done with him. God didn't just throw him away and say, that's it, you messed up, That we're done. Uh, we have the Philistines, they were persecuting God's people. And God wanted to take care of that. So part of God's plan to do that was to use Samson and to use the strength that he gave to Samson to stop the Philistines from persecuting Israel. We know that uh, Samson... He made a bunch of those mistakes and bad decisions along the way, and Samson was very much human in his following of God, Uh, but this did not stop God from using him. Uh, Samson was still usable to God. Uh, Now, I personally believe, and I want you to take it just for that, it's it's my thoughts here, uh, but I personally believe that God wanted to use Samson so much more. Uh, I don't think that Samson's time uh, as part of his service to God and as part of God's plan was just these few chapters we have here, and, and that was it. Uh, I think that God had some big, some great plans for Samson. Uh, but Samson, he followed his heart. And it caused God to have to limit the use of Samson. We need to be careful that we don't limit how much God can use us. Uh, sometimes this is done By us just saying no when God is prompting us to do something. Uh, Sometimes it's done by us pushing off what God is asking us to do or telling us to do. Uh, Sometimes it's done by us just being outside of God's will and unable to be used by God. Uh, Maybe we're not in his word daily, so we're missing some direction uh, that he's trying to give us and trying to show us. Uh, Maybe we've grieved the Holy Spirit and we're unable to hear God speaking to us. We need to make sure that we are deliberately making decisions that will allow us to follow God and to be used by God. Samson, uh, in his bad decisions, uh, it caused him, again, it's my opinion, it caused Samson to not be able to be fully used uh, to the fullness of God's will for him. Uh, And uh, we can also see along in this uh, end part of Samson's story here that Samson's decisions also influenced some bad behavior from others. Look at verse 23 with me. This is uh, chapter 16, verse 23. It says, Then the Lord of the Philistines gathered them together for to offer a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God, and to rejoice, for they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy and the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. Uh, Samson's bad decisions caused others to worship a false god. Uh, these wicked people, they're praising God, uh, their, their false god, and worshiping this false god because they believe that this fake god delivered Samson into their hands. Uh, but we know that that's not true. Their fake god never did a single thing ever. Uh, Dagon was a made-up uh, god. He was a half-man, half-fish thing that somebody drew one day, and, and people decided that he was a god, a fish god. Uh, we know that this is made up. And that this fake God never did anything at all. Uh, And we see that the real reason Samson was delivered into their hands was because Samson made uh, the bad decision to be with Delilah. And then he made another bad decision to tell her how to stop his strength. Uh, Samson was with people there in that area that did not believe in the one true God. He kept on surrounding himself with non-believers. He kept yoking himself up with nonbelievers uh, for a wife or for a woman for him to be with uh, because Samson made all these bad decisions and followed his heart, the things that his heart desired. Uh, he lost his strength and then was captured by the Philistines. Uh, Samson is the reason, his decisions are the reason he's in the hands of the Philistines, not because of that fake God. Uh, and because Samson did all of these things, uh, he's right, he's in this position now, and it caused all of those non believers to start worshiping this made up fake God. Our decisions can cause others to have bad behavior, just, just like this. Uh, Just like Samson, we can make decisions that cause others to not see God and and not see God's plan. Our decisions can cause other non-believers, other people to not even believe in God. Now, we watched uh, this documentary about uh, a missionary. And what I'm going to tell you is not really about the actual missionary. His name was John Chow. He tried to go to some unreached people on an island and it didn't go well. Uh, but uh, this uh, documentary talked about uh, or interviewed other people. And one of the people they interviewed was this missionary. Uh, his name was Daniel Everett. And he decided he was called to go reach uh, some people in Brazil. And I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Pyra people, the Pyra people in Brazil. And uh, so he went there and he worked with them for 20 years. Uh, which is a, uh, tw- between 20 and 30 years, and, and that's a really long time. Uh, but he he made some bad decisions while he was there. Uh, they one of the things uh, when he ap- he had to go there and learn their language and everything. Uh, and so after a while, he spent enough time with them that he could communicate with them and everything. And so they started asking him, "Who's this God? Uh, I want to know what this God looks like." Uh, What is this God like? What does he do? What does he think? They asked him these kind of questions. And so he he decided uh, to show them this uh, movie that had Moses talking to God. And obviously, in this video, uh, that's not really God in there. And so after the video, they said, okay, so that's what God looks like. And he tried to explain, no, that's not really what God looks like. And so they asked him, "Uh, so do you know uh, you've met God, what does he look like, and, and what is he like? And he says, no, I've never met God. And they say, well, okay, well, somebody you know must have met God. And, and he says, no, nobody I know met God. Uh, and, and eventually they said, well, uh, how do you know anything about God? And, and he couldn't come up with an answer. But my point is, in all of that, he did not direct them one time to the Word of God. He didn't say, God left us this Bible uh, you know, that is, is thousands of years old, and it talks all about God, and God was made in our image, and or we were made in God's image, and, and he didn't point to any scripture along the way. And, and because of all of that, those people uh, rejected God. And they said, we don't ever want to hear about God again because they felt uh, that God wasn't real at that point. And it's really sad because this missionary then uh, decided that he didn't really believe in God either. And his life kind of fell apart after that. It wasn't a good story. Uh, but he made some bad decisions and, and didn't do things right. And it caused others, those people there in Brazil that he was trying to reach, it caused them to reject God. Uh, His decisions to not show God who uh, who God is directly from the word of God caused those people to completely reject God. And and then his decision to leave them uh, after that, it kind of solidified their rejection of God. Sometimes uh, we can do things that will cause other people to stumble. We can do things that cause other people to not see God. Sometimes we can be grumpy about things or we can be bitter or we can be jealous or just have a negative attitude in general. And when people see that, they don't see God. Sometimes uh, I love social media. I spend some time on social media, probably more than I need to. Uh, I like YouTube in particular. I spend way too much time on there. Uh, but I, I do love uh, social media like Facebook. I love seeing my friends and my family on there. Uh, and, and I like interacting with them. I joke around with my uh, uncle all the time on there. Uh, it, it's just fun. It's fun to talk with family. So I, I love, uh, you know, Facebook and all that. And I love sharing the Word of God. I've tried to, I started a thing where I try to share, uh, you know, a verse from the Bible uh, about once a day on social media to try to encourage other Christians and try to even reach the lost if possible. Uh, so I love social media sometimes, but I also sometimes can't stand social media. I see believers on there doing things that go against God's word. Uh, and, and it just, it makes the lost say, why would I ever even consider their Jesus? Because they see the things that people who say they believe in him uh, do. I also see uh, believers on there complaining all the time. Uh, Maybe they're holding on to things in the past that they don't like. And their complaining causes other believers to stumble. It causes them uh, to maybe walk away from church. It it causes the lost to reject God and His ways. I I see believers, and I keep calling them believers because they may say that they're Christians, but that's not Christ-like at all. Uh, None of these things are Christ-like. I see believers online talking negatively about God's people and about God's churches. And it makes me wonder, what is their goal? Why would you ever do that? Is their goal to drive away people from God, drive people away from God? Because that's what they're doing. Uh, Is it to cause believers to stumble, uh, to reduce the effectiveness of God's work? To cause the loss to, to walk away from God and never even uh, consider Jesus at all. Is that their goal? Because that's what they do when they get online and they start complaining. And they start talking bad about God's people and God's church. Uh, we need to be careful what we do and what we say. Whether it's online or offline. It doesn't matter. People are watching. People will see. And it will affect them. It will affect Uh, Our decisions and our words will affect other people. It will affect believers. It will cause them to stumble. It will cause them to walk away from God. It will cause the lost to never even consider believing in Jesus. Now, you may be thinking, uh, what's the big deal? Uh, Why does this matter so much? Why do I care so much? Uh, I take it very seriously. I think it's a big deal because God takes it seriously. It's a big deal to God. I mean, we're talking about people's eternity. Uh, Turn to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14, verse 13. It says, Let us not therefore judge one another any more, but judge this rather. That no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. We need to be careful not to cause anyone to stumble. Uh, we should be willing to go out of our way to not cause somebody to stumble. We should be willing to not say something if doing so would cause somebody to stumble. Uh, Luke seventeen 1, 2. Then said he unto his disciples, It is impossible... That, But that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, this is Jesus speaking here, uh, and he says that it would be better if we had our necks broken by this huge stone and thrown into the sea and, uh, and drowned it. Uh, Jesus says that punishment would be better than the punishment we have coming for causing someone to stumble or cause someone to not reach Jesus because of our words or our actions. Uh, 1 Corinthians ten thirty two and 33. Give none offense, neither to the Jews nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they might be, that they may be saved. Uh, our goal should to be, to not offend anyone. And even more than that, our goal should be to point others to Jesus. Uh, well, the things we say and the things we do should be aimed at pointing them to Jesus not proving a point, uh, not uh, causing anyone to stumble because of the things we say. Uh, We cannot do anything that might stop someone from believing in Jesus. Uh, Now, I I know we all know this, but I also know that sometimes it's hard to keep our mouths shut. Uh, It's hard to do the right things all the time. Uh, But we have to try, though, and through the help of God and his wisdom and his strength, we can do it. Plus, it's it's worth it in the end. Uh, maybe uh, we have to not say something that we really want to say. Or maybe we weren't treated right, uh, but we have to keep it to ourselves, uh, even though that might not be very pleasant. It, it might be more fun, and it will probably make us feel better in the moment to s- say whatever we're thinking, to talk about those situations. But but that's not the right thing to do. We're going to cause people to uh, stumble. And we're going to cause people to never reach Jesus. It is way better to be right with God and to help lead people to him and not away from him. Amen. Now, uh, we're going to move on from that and look at uh, the last part here quickly. Samson's sacrificial service. Uh, look at Judges chapter 16, verse 25. And it came to pass, when their hearts were merry, that they said, Call for Samson, that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport, and they set him between the pillars. And Samson said to the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me, that I may feel the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all of the lords of the Philistines were there, and there were upon the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me. I pray thee and strengthen me. I pray thee only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged to the Philistines from my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars upon which the house stood and on and on which it was borne up of the one with his right hand and of the other with his left. And Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself and with all his might. And the house fell on the Lord's and upon all the people that were therein. So the dead which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Then his brethren and all the house of his father came down and took him and brought him up and buried him between Zorah and Eshtol in the burying place of Manoah, his father. And he judged Israel 20 years. Now, Samson's last request here uh, wasn't selfish. Uh, This literally was Samson's final request. His uh, dying request was to do the right thing this time. Uh, Samson lived a life with questionable choices, and he willingly got himself into trouble and into bad situations because of those decisions. This time Samson decides, I want to do the right thing. It wouldn't have surprised me to see someone in this situation about to be beaten and mocked for the next few days, probably eventually killed in a horrific way. It wouldn't surprise me to hear someone say, uh, you know, and, and beg to God to make things better, to get me out of this situation, to, to, to you know, send me a miracle to get me out of here. Uh, we do all that all the time. Uh, we might be in a tough situation, um, you know, say maybe your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road and you're just praying, God, get me out of this. Uh, and we're not really focused on how we can use that to serve God. Maybe the tow, the tow truck driver, maybe he's lost. Maybe he needs someone to tell him about Jesus. And maybe our tire went flat or whatever happened so that we could serve God and we could witness to that tow truck driver. Sometimes I think we miss it because we're just focusing on on the bad, and we're not focusing on the good that can come out of that situation. Now, I'm a little bit surprised that Samson asked God to let him serve him this one last time. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't be surprised by that. Uh, That should be so normal that it doesn't surprise me. We should all be asking God, uh, who nothing is impossible for. We should all be asking him in every situation for a way to serve him. Uh, I think Samson finally desired to do the will of God more than to do his own will. Uh, I'm sure it uh, was Samson's will to live a long life, uh, to continue being the strongest man alive for, for a really long time. And it would have been reasonable for him to pray and ask God to, to allow that to happen, to do that for him. I mean, we have uh, the Apostle Paul. He asked God to remove a physical issue, uh, and he claims to have asked God about it multiple times. Uh, so it would be reasonable to ask for some kind of miracle like that, even in that situation. I think it's uh, awesome that Samson finally decided that he wasn't so important. And that God is the one that is important. And doing God's will is important. Now, Samson, he was not perfect. Uh, neither are we. But that doesn't really matter. God can still use us. Uh, we may have failed in the past. We may have walked away from God in the past. Uh, but that doesn't matter. The truth is God is concerned about right now and not our past. We have. Uh, we need to decide today that we are going to make ourselves usable to God. We need to strive to do right and good and follow God and follow his will at all costs so that we can be usable to God. Uh, we might have to be quiet, maybe, when we want to tell the world about uh, how we were treated. And, and I understand that. Uh, I've been treated wrong uh, by someone in the ministry in the past, uh, actually on a couple occasions but I didn't go on Facebook and start talking about it. I didn't go to all my friends and start telling them what this person did. Uh, I didn't go around and and make a big deal about it uh, because uh, I I wanted good to come out of the situation, even though I didn't like the situation. Uh, I don't don't think anyone really even listening has any clue what I'm talking about because I didn't make it public at all. Uh, Probably the only person that might know is my wife. Uh, I desired to have peace in those two situations. I desired for more people to come to Jesus. I desired for more people to join those churches and to serve God. Uh, because I care about people's souls uh, more than I care about you know, voicing my opinion. I can honestly say that no one left a church because of me in those situations. Uh, no one stopped from going to one of those churches because of me. Uh, I forgave those people that did, did that. A long time ago, I've talked to those people uh, that did the wrong after that. I've met with them. I can talk to them right now. I could call them now and talk to them. I could have a meal with them. And this is not because I'm so amazing. I'm not talking about how amazing I am tonight because it really has little to do with me at all. The real reason I could do that, to forgive them and move on and do the right thing there, is because God is so amazing. God Amen. forgave me even though I didn't deserve it. And Jesus died for me, even though I don't deserve it. Uh, I can certainly forgive someone uh, and and move on, and, and not try to hurt anyone else along the way. Amen. I think it's important for us to remember that we cannot be a stumbling block to anyone. Uh, we We need to do uh, we need to be focused on God. When, when we are becoming a stumbling block, it's because our focus is wrong. We're focused on us and not on God. We need to keep our eyes on God and keep striving to do God's will. Uh, Our last request should be, can I serve you, God? Our daily request should be, can I keep serving you, God? Let's make sure that we help each other serve God too. Let's make sure we don't hinder anyone else from serving God. Let's help each other do the will of God. Let's pray.